Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Did, did we forget uh, the Let the Sawdust Fly uh, theme song? Don't we have that available? Yeah, we do that during the breaks, Brad. We come in with oh, that. Oh, uh, just during the breaks. Yeah. Okay. Brad, we just we... started. This is the first show yeah. we've done together, so I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hey, Brad. Peter, Peter Wood, who you got with you there? I know you got some celebrities Ooh, we and got stuff a couple, with you. We got though. a couple of celebrities here today, folks. Thanks for tuning in once again. It's great to be back. Kenny's got the door locked, so they can't escape any which way they try. But anyway, Good. we do have Commissioner Keith Nelson, St. Louis County, and Land and Minerals Commissioner Julie Marinucci, who that folks land is what all the timber, all the timber sold in St. Louis County goes through her fingers one way or another. And so it's great to have them on. And for those of you that are listening in other parts of the country, St. Louis County is the biggest county. St. Louis County is the biggest county east of the Mississippi. So if you're in Virginia, Florida, it's a pretty good sized county. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, many, many thousands of acres, but that's something that Julie can elaborate way better on than me. But Commissioner Nelson, it's great to have you with. And what do you want to say to the folks out there, your importancy today? Um, thank you, Brad, and thank you, Peter, for having us. Hey, thank Keith, th- nice to see you. Nice to have you on on again. It's incredible um, to uh, to get this opportunity to, to talk to folks about uh, the good work that's going on for uh, taxpayers here in St. Louis County, and and that's uh, giving us this opportunity to get that word out there. Brad is is invaluable, and uh, we want people to know that that the investments we're making today are there for their kids and for their grandkids uh, to to enjoy and to uh, benefit from. Well, Keith, let me just say this: I, last night I got a uh, I got a, a call from Peter. I was in a meeting at a Marine Corps League meeting. And uh, but he wanted to know, uh, you know, because we're moving uh, sound off the show. My show is moving to KDAL starting February 7th. We will be the uh, we will be the midday drive show. We will be like Rush Limbaugh from 11 to 2. And uh, so Peter said, uh, are we going to still be able to be over there with you? And I said, I basically wanted to say to Peter, I sent him a text back, but I said, are you kidding me? Your show is a big part. Uh, we have an obligation, I think, uh, here in the Northland to tell people about what is going on in the logging industry, logging and trucking industry here in northern Minnesota. And this is their format to do that once a month you know law uh, mining and other places have uh, large venues they have shows that are sponsored but logging doesn't get that much and so uh, peter you can be assured that as long as i have a format for a show you'll have uh, the last wednesday of every month will be let the sawdust fly well i do appreciate that brad i, I really mean that and folks are willing to take the time to listen and it's going to be the second hour i take a correct of the last wednesday still yes. the same way and it'll correct. be a different correct. station so folks may be listening to other parts of the country it's going to be six ten a.m and there'll probably be a different number, I imagine, too, at that point. Yes, there will. Well, there will be a different phone number, and Kenny can probably give that to us this morning so people can write it down to know next month what number to call. Well, let's go ahead and that, share Kenny? that. Yeah, let's yeah. share it now. A couple okay. of things are going to change. Of course, 610 AM, 103.9 FM, 
The website, kdal610.com, where you can stream, kdal610.com. And that phone number, Brad, for the KDAL studio, 218-722-0839er. 0839er, okay. All right. So, And and we will constantly give that number out once we make the move, too, Peter. But... Uh, you know, this is a great opportunity for for us, for for uh, um, northern Minnesota, because once a month we get to hear what is happening. And we've learned a lot about uh, woods and logging and uh, everything over the years. This started many, many years ago when Peter approached me uh, after I had been a speaker at their logging uh, um, assembly or their logging conference. And uh, he said, you suppose maybe we could try doing uh, like a one-hour show just to let people know what's going on in logging, you know, once in a while and, uh, you know, see how it works. Well, <laughs> it has worked very, very well, Peter. Uh, we thought it, it would be a one or two show and done, and that's it. And it uh, actually 2016, July, was the very first show we ever got to do with you, Brad, and it's been Wow. Very, very, I'm very thankful and appreciative, and I'm so glad that you're willing to let me come on the next, well, all of us that come in through the timber industry to come on next month because you don't know. I'm a logger. We, we work in the woods. We don't have what you guys have access to. But anyway, we have with us also, to, thank you, Brad. I really do mean that. I do appreciate letting Good. us come on, okay? Well, it's and, my pleasure. And I wanted my to clarify pleasure. that because I didn't know, is this going to be the last show where I say goodbye or is it going to continue on? I didn't know. No. I honestly didn't. But uh, anyway, folks, Brad, we have also a commissioner, Land and Minerals Commissioner, Marinucci here, who all the timber basically goes through her fingertips, and I'm glad that she could make it too to start talking about what they're doing at the county level. Good morning. I missed your first name. Is it Julie? Julie, yeah. Julie Marinucci. Julie, okay. Um, I'm an Iron Ranger. I've been uh, with the county for a few years and new to the role six months here or so. And I'm a mining engineer. So when you talk about learning okay. a lot about the timber industry, I've got lots to learn, and I've really, uh, really enjoyed my time. And as Peter had mentioned, you know, St. Louis County is is a huge county. We've got over around 4.4 million acres, of which we manage around just over 900,000 acres. So it's a big county, wow. lots to learn. Uh, I've got the mining background, and I'm learning on the forestry side. Well, Julie, are you responsible for, like, permits to log and things like that? Yeah, so our, our department manages the lands and provides those and makes them available in a sustainable man- manner for timber management. So our foresters okay. set up the sales and lay out what, what's available and work with the loggers to get that, that timber harvested sustainably. And Brad, uh, a lot of people don't realize, yes. but St. Louis County is larger than three states in the United States. It's actually bigger. So we're kind of poking the littler counties around the area where they're going to get ticked at me. I'm going to get from other commissioners. What the heck are you doing? But anyway, it's <laughs> get a little bit rub, okay, folks? Carleton County, Pine County, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, all those little counties. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, we, we make a lot of uh, timber available for harvest. Um, we we plant over a million tree seedlings a year to make sure that as we are harvesting the forest, we're regenerating it, and over 80% of that is done naturally, and then we, we plant over a million tree seedlings a year. You know, that is so important, Julie, and I'm glad you brought that up because you know, I've run into people that have said, oh, yeah, I hear that guy on your logger on your show every once in a while. You know, and loggers, they're the guys that clear-cut the forest and they take everything out. And we, 
and they don't people don't seem to understand that uh literally for almost every tree that is taken for logging um, more than that are put back in the ground yeah and, and you know i think that it's important to understand that the logging is important to sustain the industry, but also from a wildlife habitat standpoint, fire prevention, there's a lot of other benefits for making sure we're maintaining these forests. We actually maintain 193 miles of forest roads that provide important access inside, and then we also have over 390 miles of trails within our managed forests that are a huge part of northeastern Minnesota's recreation economy. Okay. Uh, Brad, on something like that, a lot of these trails, were they ever built by trail people or were they built by the logging and timber industry and then they're used for these other things after? Absolutely. No, that's very important. You know, we're utilizing this infrastructure that exists in the forest and there's a lot of uh, multiple use for these trails, both for access to remote properties, for sustaining our access to our timber harvest and management areas. But then now, most recently, a huge investment in the recreation side of things. But always making sure to understand that recreation is a secondary use on the land, and we want to make sure we're sustaining our primary management, which is timber, minerals, gravel, and keeping those resources available. Sure. Uh, Julie, do you spend a lot of time uh, thinking and planning, too, for uh, for potential dangerous things that might come up, for example, uh, f- uh, forest fires, making sure that you have access to areas to fight those fires? Yeah, I think this summer was a really good example of making sure preparedness, that we're out there and we're managing our forests, and that sustainable harvest and getting down woods that are that may have been infested and are dry and in the forest and become really uh, some fire danger, getting that, that wood down quickly and in a, in a fashion that prevents those huge fuel loads in the forests are important. So we do spend a lot of time planning from that standpoint and then also learning and understanding and planning for seasonal changes in our forests and as fa- also infestations, you know, emerald ash borer and those types of things that can affect the forest health. So if sure. we didn't do really well, anything, we'd have major, major problems coming constantly. No oh. one would be safe anywhere in this upper Midwest. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny, let's take the rest of this break, and then we'll come back with our loggers and uh, uh, Commissioner Keith Nelson and uh, Julie Mariucci uh, from the uh, timber portion of St. Louis County. We'll be right back. Giant Redwood, the larch, the fir, the mighty Scots pine. The smell of fresh-cut timber. The crash of mighty trees. With my best girl by my side, we'd sing, sing, sing. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all sing night it, Brad. and I work all day. Oh, I thought it was Peter. I thought Peter had to sing this. Yaha. I cut down trees. I can't sing that good. Uh, well, I was going to say, I happen to know Peter a little bit. He's not, he's not a very good singer, no. But anyway, folks. Hey, Brad. Uh, what what I'd like to go on here a little bit is one thing with the county and all organizations or government entities, a lot of times the budget, the sure. money. We always want to know, well, what happens when uh, the county puts up a timber sale? What takes place? Where does the money go? And that kind of stuff. Commissioner Nelson, would you like to elaborate just a little bit on that? Or Thank you, thank you for that opportunity. Um, look, we, we hold several timber auctions uh, on an annual basis. And at those timber auctions, uh, loggers, 
timber companies bid on on the resource that's available, um, and they pay a small amount down for uh, at the purchase of the sale. And then, of course, when they open that sale, um, they have to pay the balance of of that purchase price. Those dollars are so important to St. Louis County residents because uh, obviously they help offset the property taxes that people say uh, that people pay. Um, so we have um, a timber industry, and we're so lucky to have a timber industry that that truly serves all of the residents of St. Louis County um, by by reducing their annual property taxes. Yeah, and in 2020, so after we take out all of our expenses, we do what's called an apportionment. So we we take okay. in this revenue, we do all of our forest management, our land sale program, our gravel management and surface leasing program throughout the department. But then the, the money that's left over at the end of the year gets gets given back. And a portion of it, thirty up to 30%, can go back into our Memorial Forest account. And that is strictly reinvestment into the forest. That supports our sustainable forestry program. And the right. up to 20% can go for economic development. And this is all at the discretion of the board. And the board has been very supportive of our efforts around forestry. And then the remaining gets apportioned where... goes to the schools, 40% goes to the county, and the remaining 20% goes to the cities and townships. So this is real money that goes back to the people for our management of the lands that we're entrusted to manage for the residents of St. Louis County. Let me ask a question of all three of you. Peter, you and I have talked about this on one of the shows in the past. Uh, People many times confuse uh, clear-cutting to clearing off an area. They think clear-cutting means you take everything in a whole area. But when you go into an area and cut, you leave some saplings growing so that they will naturally reproduce on their own. But who comes in then and fills in and, and replants areas is that part of the St. Louis County Forest Service, or is or is that left up to the loggers, uh, well, the uh, timber buyers, or what is it? Like how in does the, that come? Like in? in the county, you're not going into their blindfold. All the rules and regulations are written down. You have to read them. Well, most of it's a blue, a lot of boilerplate. But as far as like a true, true clear cut, folks, I don't know. We've done maybe a couple over the last few years. Most of the time, there's trees left here and there a bit, you know, and um, for for looks or for certain trees to keep growing. But as far as replanting that, um, I, I, there's just one thing I want to hit before we get to that is, uh, uh, Commissioner, Land Commissioner Marinucci, how much sales do we really have in timber a year? I mean, we hear percentages. Could you elaborate, like, how much revenue does St. Louis County sell in timber? Absolutely. So the average over the last 10 years, $4.2 million a year brought in just from the timber side of things. So that is wow. big money. It's a lot of money that comes yes. in, and it's a lot of money that goes out. And in speaking to the, the management's um the management systems that we have in place, we use the Sustainable Forestry Initiative, and it's a certification that makes sure that what we are doing is truly sustainable over the long term for generations on these landscapes. So that that process is in place. It is something that we get audited on annually and making sure that our, our management practices are in alignment with best practices in the industry. Well, Julie, I've got to ask you one question, and I know that Kenny's. This has been rattling around in Kenny's brain too, as you're as we're talking to you this morning. Uh, you have a very um, 
a, a last name that a lot of people recognize from the Iron Range. Are you related to the family that has anything to do with hockey? Yeah, that, that's on my husband's side. And yes, I am. I'm related uh, to, to the family that has a lot to do with hockey, but not to the okay. arena and the city. So a little oh, bit of both. Okay, very good. All right. Super. Thank you. So, so Peter, do you want to talk more about how the reforestation happens after a uh, area is cut? Well, like like uh, Commissioner, Land Commissioner Marinucci was saying, twenty uh, percent is planted. And that's something that we kind of glazed over a little bit, kind of fast, but it, the time frame. But um, when you talk millions of trees being planted by hand. That's a lot, but then when when you go and look where other areas have been cut off, when you got eighty percent of uh, of the of the timber coming back naturally, that would probably put in the billions or trillions of trees being planted because there's just so oh, yeah. much, so much. Peter, there's no question; it is billions of trees that are regenerating on an annual basis. Um, the reason for the planting is in some species of trees. Um, it's necessary to to regenerate in that fashion. And the county board has made that commitment through our land department to make certain that we regenerate all species of trees. How about um, aerial? Do you ever do that? Um, we do. Uh, we do some aerial seeding on, on specific tree varieties where it's suitable. Um, people may not see uh, the reseeding happening in an area because Quite frankly, it'll happen, uh, you'll seed 40 acres in 60 seconds, and they're gone uh, with the plane. So um, there, there is seeding being done in that fashion as well. Um, all of those things are important component parts of what is an overall management system. So it's not all just thrown together. It's studies over many, many years and what works and what doesn't work, and, and uh, very, very scientific at the same time boots on the ground absolutely even from the standpoint of going in and doing active management after we've planted areas to ensure success of that investment in the land from making sure we're taking out competition if we're trying to maintain certain species and areas making sure that we are managing that and again it's generational land use it's making sure that what we're doing today will serve the people of st louis county for generations to come so what uh in a basic nutshell we harvest today for our use but we plant for our next generations for the next use peter there's no question that your grandchildren are going to be harvesting the trees that are being planted in the next six months i hope to be around for a little bit more well i I, (laughs) brad i the one thing i really want um your your listeners to know is how important the logging community is to our forest um, management without the loggers without the investment the loggering logging community has made into um, their industry and into forest management. We're talking true professionals. These are not these are not people that are out there just cutting down trees and getting them to the mill. Um, there's a no. lot of pride that is taken within that industry. And we saw that up in the fire this summer when the logging industry was called in to support, to support the federal government as they tried to put out the Greenwood fire. And and sure. I've read articles that the logging community, um, what they did up there was absolutely unbelievable in the sense that um, they accomplished the clearing of like a 25-mile path 
in just wow. days. It's just amazing what they can do. Yep. Some Brad. Some, you know what? Uh, you know. You know what, guys and gals, we got to take our Fox News break. But, but you know, let's talk a little bit more about that when we come back because I think that's really worthwhile spending some time with. That the loggers are more concerned about uh, making sure that forest fires are controlled and not run out of control. Uh, because that that's the worst management that can happen to the land. So let's hang on, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the Greenwood Fire, how that was a, how it was controlled. So let's take our Fox News break. You know, there's no dancing in the studio when we're having a sound off here. You never so know. You never know, Brad. <laughs> but anyway, before we went to break there, we were, we were talking about the Greenwood Lake fire and what was going on yes. there. There's yes. some of those loggers up there. I know them. I've talked to them a little bit, but I don't have, I'm not going to use their names because I don't have permission. So um, some of those guys were risking a tremendous amount, folks, when they were doing that. People don't know it. Some of their machines were getting close to burning up, and they took and drove them through smoke and flames and all that. Otherwise, and if they would have had something go wrong, it might have been close for them even saving their lives at that point. But to know the severity that can happen when things can go wrong, they were risking a lot, lot. You know, we're talking not these machines are not fifty thousand dollar machines. They're anywhere from three to oh, six hundred thousand no. dollar machines that you're risking on a fire because you're you could. They're so concerned about their livelihood, they're willing to risk it. That's the risk they're taking. That's what's really going on there. So anyway, it's, I just want to get that out there. But I'd like to say their names, but I don't have permission, so I won't. We, well, we, I'm sorry, go ahead. Brad. I, go ahead, the, the, the logging community is absolutely uh, invaluable when it comes to contributing in the control of wildfires. Um, hopefully... Uh, through our sustainable practices, we're going to have less and less and less of these types of wildfire uh, issues. But when they happen, our first phone call uh, goes out to the firefighting community, but our second phone call goes out to the logging community. And again, the investment in equipment, uh, the investment in time that they put into that Greenwood fire um, cannot cannot be overstated in any fashion how important that was to controlling that fire, to getting it ultimately put out. Um, it uh, Without the logging community, these sorts of things don't happen. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And all you have to do is look at California. I mean, I, I am just stunned every year when it seems like we have wildfires take off in Northern California in the same areas that they do year after year, and they always worry about getting into it, and they're usually fighting it with air tankers because they've never built the proper fire suppression roads or anything in those areas. And I just don't understand that, but uh, that's just the difference between the way states handle their fire preparedness, I guess. Brad, we are also, this is something that, that should be stated too, so that when people look out in St. Louis County in the last couple of years, we have been doing a tremendous amount of roadside clearing. Our logging community has been helping us with that, but but those roadside clearing projects that we have going on are absolutely to help create those fire lines that that put defensible positions in place 
for our firefighters. So we're looking at this not only from the logging perspective, but we're also doing this within our public works department. Yeah, Julie, I have a I have a question for you. Maybe it's a little bit off the beaten trail here on this, but when you look at uh, at at uh, bids for for uh, timber harvesting, when you go, are, are you looking at the fact that right now there is a tremendous amount of inflation that is going on in the country? I mean, a logger, for example, has to spend more now for fuel, uh, more now to buy equipment, more now just to buy uh, supplies to keep their operation running. Yeah, absolutely. You know, our process is pretty regulated by statute on how that timber is offered up for auction, and it is a public process. And through that public process, the prices prices go where they may, but the county has worked very hard to work with loggers, especially through these difficult times, leveraging, um, providing other opportunities because, you know, we see these mill closures. So leveraging the CARES money to do the roadside clearing projects, allow for the buyback of some of the sales when when people may have found themselves in a tough position. So we're always trying to to maintain a strong working relationship with our logger community, provide opportunities. An example of that would be recently the Hibbing Public Utilities has started to look at the biomass program and bringing oh, that wonderful. back on board. And that's that's Great. an important outlet. It's a diversification of where our wood can go. And as part of that, we worked with the loggers to try and find scaling options that made it more economic for them and then also worked with the public utilities to understand maybe what they've got for limitations that may not make it so marketable so that we can be a part of the solution and maintain that as an outlet for our wood. Well, I'll tell you, that's one thing that uh, Peter has talked about over the years is the markets. Uh, and markets kind of seem like they come and go. Currently, Peter, are you fairly satisfied with the markets that are available for your product uh, that you that you uh, harvest here in this area? Or are you always looking for additional markets? You're always looking for additional markets. You don't want to lose markets. You don't want to have problems like that. Because like in 2006, when we lost markets, that was a big downslide. Because the yeah. trees are still growing, and then what happens? You a lot of people can start losing hardy because uh, we folks we're in, we invest millions of dollars in the contracts. If what if you get, would you invest millions of dollars on a contract could be voided out tonight? You think on that? Mm. It's it's no. but it's we're loggers. We're used to it. We've been doing it our whole life. But more markets like up at Hibbing, we need more of them. We need more whatever we can grab. But the biggest problem that a lot of timber industry is is the wood waste has been a little bit of an issue and uh you can always sell good saw locks folks you can always sell them oh, yeah. but the wood waste where has become the issue for the sawmills as well as the loggers and there's a lot of other things but it's it's great that the county would be able to come in and uh, maybe a little teaser brad would i be allowed to uh make an announcement on your program absolutely uh, like, we'd love to have that like the first time that, that northern Minnesota has heard about this. Um, okay. The, the, uh, just yesterday I spoke with a representative of a biofuels company um, that uh, is in the process of purchasing land and are going to be building a plant uh, within the next 18 months, 16 to 18 months, um, that will be using our wood waste product to produce diesel fuel. I will tell wow. you that, that Peter and I actually traveled to these plants in Canada 
um, at our own expense, I might add, um, to to look at this uh, several years ago. Um, and I'm so, so excited. Um, I promise you, Brad, when this announcement is ready for publication, um, I will bring it to this show. Fantastic. You know, I'll tell you what, Keith, this is something that I wasn't even aware of, that you could take waste uh, product from logging and create diesel fuel out of it. This is phenomenal. It, it is not conceptual, Brad. I want, you to, I want you to understand. These people produce over 12 million gallons of diesel fuel currently in Canada. This technology is now coming south of the border. Um, and, uh, I, again, I could not be more excited. Um, this will provide a market for those amounts of waste timber that, that, that uh, is always part of uh, the, the logging world. Um, sure, for sure. us to benefit, imagine with the prices of diesel fuel today, imagine what putting some of this fuel on the market, it, it can only help. Peter, are you getting yep. excited about this too? Well, if you're excited, then I know it's uh, really good. Really something. Well, we did these trips. You put all this effort and time, and then you, when you're all done, you go home, you go back to work, and you just feel like, I'm getting nowhere here. I'm getting nothing done. Yeah. I'm wasting, burning time and energy. And then it takes... It seems like the wheels turn so slow, but if you don't show up, nothing's going to happen for sure. It's kind of like you ask yes. for something. If you don't ask, no is the answer already. But if you ask, you might get a yes, but it may take time down the road. But something like this, it, it was it was very disheartening for quite a while. And then when Commissioner told me that, I thought, wow, I started smiling a little bit because I'm getting ready for the show. I don't smile a whole <laughs> lot because I'm so intent on getting the content out. But it was so exciting. And... Uh, yeah, there were, there was a lot of big smiles this morning while we were prepping for the show. And you know, I, the I'll other bet. thing I would say, you know, we've got the other plant coming um, online in Cohasset, so it's it's exciting to see these new opportunities coming. Part of our process getting ahead of these things is making sure we've got the wood basket ready, making sure we we've got forest models that give us a sustainable harvest, so we know how much we can be cutting. And we're in the process now of reevaluating that making sure that okay. what we're cutting is what we need to be cutting in order to support the industry but then also keep it level so that we're not we're not causing undue price increases. Yeah, like like in 2004, right around 2004 or 5 and then 6 we had the crash, land commissioner. We don't want to have that happen again where the prices were getting so high that when that happens you can lose some mills and then only a few strong survive. But all of a sudden now we could lose a tremendous amount. So that is a big question that a person like myself would have. New plant coming in over in Cohat. Well, it's not. It's it's going to be built. But it's going to come online, and they're going to need a, a bit of wood. And granted, their area is going to be a certain area. But still, it pulls and pulls, and pretty soon we we could lose by gaining. Yeah, and some of some of the areas that you know we've been working really hard on lately is bringing lands that maybe are underutilized online, and that. That's looking at purchasing and consolidating ownership, getting better access to areas. We do a lot of sure. land exchanges, and we get gifts of land. So those are those are properties that may not be part of the current equation. And bringing those properties in, getting them part of our management plan, is is a big part of making sure that we are prepared for that. How about um, foresters? Do you, uh, how many foresters do you have? Do you got enough personnel? to start stacking this up because there's a lot of paperwork that goes in and a lot of preparation to put a sale up. 
yes. a lot. We've, we've got we've got a strong team, that's for sure. Our, our land department's got 54 people. The majority of those work and support the forestry side of things. I would say better than 40 of them. And, and we've got offices all the way from Pike Lake and our Duluth office support the forestry all the way up to Ely. And that those efforts and those people are professionals. We have opportunities all the way across the board to support the industry. Everyone from someone in the office making the making sure everything moves smoothly on the paperwork side of it to those that are out in the field, even in these bitterly cold days, making sure that we are supporting the forests and the lands in St. Louis County. Well, listen, you three, uh, we have to break this off at this point, but uh, Commissioner Nelson, uh, I want to thank you for making that announcement. I know you're not ready to make uh, an announcement of where this is going to be located yet, but I appreciate the uh, information that you will come on the show when that's ready. And it sounds like something that's really going to be exciting for the future. And I, I think that's why the people of this county uh, look to you as a commissioner, because you are not afraid to go out of your way to make something positive happen for the county. Julie, you sound like a breath of fresh air. Can't wait to meet you. And, uh, and Pete, uh, again, you've done a great job in bringing a good show uh, today to uh, the people of uh, St. Louis County and people of northern Minnesota. I think we learned a lot today about the... Uh, future of logging in Minnesota, and I look forward to next month on KDAL with you uh, and and people coming in again. Thank you very much. All right. With that said, we're going to take our Wisconsin news break, and and then we'll come back and wrap up this hour here on Sound Off in the morning on a Wednesday morning in the North End.